This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. We all have different needs, and what makes one person happy could make someone else miserable. What happens when you try all of the advice to be happy and it doesn't work for you? Many people will tell you that being happy is as simple as choosing to think positively. But in reality, we all have a need for validation of our negative feelings. When something is wrong, the last thing anyone needs is to be pressured to be okay and to be shamed for not being happy. Redefining Positive is a new resource for learning how to use validation to form deeper relationships and connect to each other's vulnerability. It shows examples of how subtle invalidations are built into everyday speech and how even minor changes in what we say to each other can make people feel more heard and understood. The book presents a vision for a more validating world, where people can express their real feelings instead of being afraid that society won't accept them, and where we form better relationships based on mutual support and respect for each other's needs. Valeria Tellez interviews Nicole Rahija, the author of Redefining Positive, how to use validation to be a positive force in people's lives. Nicole lives in Massachusetts, is the author of two self-help books, including her latest work on this book, and All About You, a personality quiz book. Nicole has appeared on the talk show Be My Guest and has given talks on emotional validation at various locations. Meet Nicole at NicoleRahija.com. Here is the interview with Nicole Rahija. In your own words, who is Nicole Rahija? <laughs> um, so I'm the author of two books, Redefining Positive and All About You, which are both about validating everyone's experiences and also feeling good about who you are. And I'm also a person who has seen a lot of invalidation in the world, and I'm working on fixing that and trying to make the world into a place where we can all respect each other's feelings. So I have a lot of questions for you about validation and redefining. What a great topic, redefining positive. So my first warm-up question is about positivity. What is to be positive? What would that look like, a positive person? 
So what I, the way that I define positive is having a positive impact on other people. You know, a lot of times when we think about being positive, we often think about being happy, smiling, getting people to look on the bright side of things. But sometimes if we push someone to be positive when something is wrong, when they're not happy, we can end up invalidating their feelings by telling them that what they're feeling isn't real. And so my definition of positive is being validating, letting people know that it's okay to feel angry or sad or scared or however they might feel. And being a positive force in a person's life can mean a lot of different things. It can mean cheering someone up if that's what they need, if they really want to be uplifted when they're sad. And on the same, at the same time, it can also mean listening and validating someone's feelings when they're scared or upset or feeling bad about something. Being positive can mean encouraging someone to do something out of their comfort zone that's you know, a challenge for them if that's what they want to do. And being positive can also mean completely respecting someone's choice not to do something and not pushing them to do something that they don't want to do. So really everyone's needs are different. And being a positive force is about listening and paying attention to what the individual person needs. You know, what comes to mind um, by reading your book and all the topic, exploring that topic here on my own, I thought about this um, idea of working on ourselves first. Do you think it's possible to really create this um, positive validation, as you call it, and without having that established within ourselves? Um, I think that it's good to establish it in yourself and and also give it to others. Um, it's something that's important to remember that your own feelings are valid and remember that, you know, if you're in a situation where you're you're really upset and other people are telling you, oh, this isn't that bad, to recognize that your feelings are still valid even if other people aren't recognizing them or aren't giving you validation. Because from my perspective and experience, I noticed when I tend to judge anyone is because I, am, I have been judging myself. It seems to me that always starts with us being our own best friend in a way. Yes, it does. Sometimes when you aren't validating your own feelings, that can cause you to invalidate other people's feelings. Like, for example, if if somebody is telling you that they're in a crisis and they really need someone to be there for them right now, and let's say that you're you're having a problem of your own and you aren't able to do that, if you can validate your own feelings, you can establish that both can be true at the same time. You can validate that your friend is having a crisis and that that is as big as they say it is. And at the same time, you might not be able to be there for them right now. But if you don't feel comfortable with your own feelings, you can end up lashing out at your friend and saying, sort of telling them, oh, your problem isn't that big of a deal in order to make yourself not feel guilty about it. So it's important to feel secure in your own feelings. And that can allow you to validate other people's feelings as well. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me. And then we expand from a place of understanding within. So continue with the warm-up questions. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? 
Um, so I think the purpose of the human experience is really to connect with other people and to form meaningful relationships with people. And I think that everyone also has their own individual purpose, what fulfills them, what has meaning to them. And I think it's about finding your own meaning and your own purpose and also connecting to other people and helping them to find their meaning and purpose, whatever that might be for them. Mm, yeah. And speaking of purpose, yeah, I hear that a lot. It's a wonderful confirmation about helping others. So for you, what what is your purpose? What do you think the purpose of your life is at this time, Nicole? Um, for me right now, I, I feel like my purpose is to educate people about being validating, being consent conscious, and that that it's okay to be whoever you are, you know, helping people to feel good about themselves, even if you're in a situation where other people might not treat you that way. Yeah, what a wonderful purpose to be aware of. That's beautiful. Thank you. But how do we recognize, identify when we are living our purpose? Um, you know, I think it's just a feeling inside. It's, it's a little bit hard to explain, but when you feel fulfilled inside and you can see that, you know, this made a difference to someone and something made them happy or made their burden lighter or something, and you feel good that you were able to do that for someone that that can be a feeling that that's your purpose, or it can be a personal thing. If you feel like you've achieved something that you've been working hard on and you just sort of feel fulfilled inside and you know that that's your purpose. What do you love most about being a woman? Um, I think for myself, you know, I'm, I'm a very sensitive, emotional person. And I like the fact that that uh, growing up was more acceptable being female. I know that there's, there's a lot of pressure in our culture on men in particular to not cry and not show emotion and not need love and care from people. So I'm, I'm appreciative of the fact that I grew up in an environment where all of those traits in me were, were acceptable. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman from your perspective? Um, I think another part of the sort of stereotype of women being more emotional is that sometimes you aren't taken as seriously. I think sometimes that women are labeled as being more hysterical or more dramatic or something to a point that when you're trying to express that something is wrong or about an injustice or something that people can look at you as, oh, you're just being emotional and not take you as seriously. And um, that is a sad thing to hear. Yeah, this pushing away of feelings, not trying to feel or ignore uh, feelings. I often wonder if there's a difference between feelings and emotions. Do you see a difference between them? Um, I've actually kind of always used those words interchangeably, I guess. Yeah, so it's the same thing for you. 2020 has been a challenging year for many of us and for some of us it has been a gift in a way which is an interesting experience or thing to acknowledge so for you what lessons have you learned from 2020 um this was a year where i really i i think i learned how to push through because i i felt like i was 
being told in a way that this had to be sort of a write-off year, a year where you didn't get to do anything you wanted to do, where you had to put your life on hold. And, you know, I did publish my second book this year and I was able to accomplish a lot of the things that I wanted to accomplish. And so I think it, it was a learning experience to be able to push through when I felt like I was being told that 2020 had to be a year where you put everything on holds. So at this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? Um, I mean, honestly, I would think the greatest need is providing people with basic resources. You know, a lot of people don't have access to healthcare, don't have access to, you know, if they've lost their jobs because the pandemic don't have basic needs. And so that to me would be the most important thing. Once you have basic needs, that's when you're able to have the freedom to do what you want with your life and have the freedom to be yourself. But you can't really achieve those things if you don't have basic things like enough money, enough food, health care, a place to live, things like that. Yes, I agree. And my last warm up question is love. <laughs> what is love to you, Nicole? Um, I think love is caring about someone and respecting and appreciating them for who they are, you know, loving them as they are and wanting what's best for them, wanting them to have what will make them happy, even if it's different from maybe what you would have wanted. I love the way you speak. It's very selfless. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I'm wondering here, how did you come to these uh, deep understandings and wisdom? Um, well, I had a few years ago been through experiences where I was being invalidated a lot, where if I spoke out about some of the bad things that were going on in my life, a lot of people were kind of just putting me down, telling me, oh, you know, everything's fine. This isn't as bad as you're making it out to be. And I started to look back and recognize that there seemed to be a lack of education on what it meant to validate someone. It seemed like we'd sort of all grown up in a culture where it was okay to tell someone, oh, that's not a big deal. That's nothing to be upset about. And where it was okay to sort of push people to do things they didn't want to, as long as it was something good. And I, I just saw that we needed more education in that area. I kept thinking if this was something that we had all learned when we were younger, I wonder if I might've been treated better and other people might've been treated better. And so that was sort of how I came up with the idea for the book, Redefining Positive, was sort of looking at my own experience under a magnifying glass and saying, okay, instead of just saying I was upset at this interaction, looking at it and saying, well, what, what was really wrong with this? Like, what is the principle of why this was wrong? And how can you convert that into a way to educate other people so that we can all treat each other better? I love your purpose, <laughs> that you're aware of the purpose and you, you're transforming whatever comes to you, happens to you into something that can teach others how to live better and choose better. That's beautiful. Thank you again, Nicole. Thank you. How did you become a writer? Um, so I, I guess I've always really enjoyed writing. Like when I was younger, I always loved making up stories. And I, I've sort of always known that I wanted to be a writer. And um, I was originally, I, I thought I was going to write fiction originally. And then 
after some of my invalidating experiences happened, I started talking a lot with my friends about validation. I started coming up with these metaphors for what happened to me. And what I found was that a lot of my friends had been through similar experiences. And I had friends telling me that when I explained validation to them in terms of my story and in terms of the examples I came up with, that it actually helped them to feel more validated themselves and to feel better about their own stories and more comfortable. And I decided to write about this because I just felt like I wanted to be able to do that for more people, not just my friends, but for a lot of people. I love the way you say, you have been saying this already, but you write, uh, validation means that everyone is entitled to be who they are. When I read that, the word validation and the way you define it, I thought about the word acceptance, which you use that word too. So I'm wondering if there's a difference between validating someone and accepting someone. Um, so I think accepting someone is more more personal. It's more internal that inside you're not judging them, that you're accepting them the way they are in terms of you don't have any personal judgments about them. And I think of validating as something more external that you give to someone that you actually say out loud to someone like that's that's totally legitimate that you feel sad about that or that you feel angry about that. So it's like accept is more yourself internally accepting how they feel and validate is externally letting them know that you accept how they feel. So in your book, you have many, many examples of invalidation, the opposite of validation. So talk to me for a moment about some of these examples, one or two that you find that we can really grasp the idea of invalidation. Okay, so one example that I use is um, there, there's a story that I tell in the book of two friends who are trying to convince their friend to go on a camping trip with them. They're saying, oh, it's going to be so much fun. And their friend keeps saying, well, you know, I, I don't know about this. I, I don't know if I'd like to be outside all that time. Isn't it cold at night? Doesn't it? It Don't you have to be strong to paddle a canoe? All of these concerns. And while they're very friendly, you know, because they want their friend to come and have fun, very good intentions here, they sort of brush over all those things and say, hey, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And don't acknowledge any of her concerns about it. And the result of that is that everybody has an awful time on the trip because this friend really didn't want to go on the trip. So she's upset the whole time. And then the other people get mad that she ruined the trip for anybody else, for everybody else. But then in the validating example, they listen to her concerns that when she says, you know, don't you have to be strong to do to paddle a canoe? They they give her the, the distance of how long they'll be in the canoe and say, you know, we can slow down if you want, but it's okay if this isn't for you. You know, it's not going to be as warm as sleeping at home. It's not going to be as comfortable as sleeping in a bed. And, you know, they're, they're still nice and want her to come on the trip, but they, they really validate her concerns and let her know that it's okay if you have those concerns and it's okay if this isn't for you. And then the results of that is that friend makes a choice not to go and everybody's happy. The people who do go on the trip have fun on the trip with other people who want to be there. And that person does something else that she enjoys that weekend instead. So do you connect these um, 
way of validating others to emotional intelligence or even spirituality? Um, yes, I, I do think it's related to emotional intelligence. I mean, I haven't studied that a lot, but emotional intelligence has to do with understanding your emotions and other people's emotions. And validation is that it's, you know, knowing inside that the way you feel is legitimate and also recognizing other people's feelings, seeing that, you know, if someone feels sad, you respond to that and say, hey, you know, what what's wrong? Are you afraid of this? Are you worried about this? Rather than sort of saying, oh, everything will be fine. So it is connected to emotional intelligence. What about spirituality, Nicole? Do you think that somehow some of us who have understood the perhaps the purpose of life, which is basically unconditional love, accepting yourself and others and spreading the love. So do you think that we are more prepared, let's say well-prepared to validate others? I, I think it is connected to spirituality because, I mean, I think of spirituality as a sort of connectedness with other people and with the world. And so validating other people, I think, would be a spiritual thing because it's it's a way of being connected to others. Um, are you spiritual? Do you have any spiritual practices? Or oh, this is not actually needed since you're doing the work already? Yeah, I think for me, um, yeah, be, being there for other people is sort of a spiritual practice because for me, it's about that connectedness and sometimes, you know, just feeling connected to the world and doing things that that are helping the world can feel that way. So uh, you mentioned something else that caught my attention. That was comparison. You say one of the most important parts of validation is to focus on what a person is feeling without comparing their situation to anyone else. So talk to me about comparison. So I think a lot of times we have a tendency to compare people to others. Some Sometimes people will make a general statement of, oh, you know, you shouldn't be upset about that because there are bigger things going on in the world. And other times it can be more of a literal comparison where you might say, well, gee, when when I was in that same situation that you're in, I didn't react this way. I didn't I wasn't traumatized by it. I didn't need to go to therapy about it. I, I wasn't having such a hard time. So therefore, you shouldn't either. You should be able to just pull yourself up and you know, every person's experience is different. I mean, there could be some things that might make me happy that would make someone else miserable. And there could be things that would make someone else happy that would make me miserable. You know, we're all different. And so it's important True. to look at how it's affecting the individual person rather than saying, well, there are a bunch of other people who were okay in that situation, didn't have a problem with it. There's a section in your book that you, I think the title is, but what if someone really won't stop complaining? Question mark. Within that section, you say, think about why their complaining is bothering you so much. <laughs> so it made me laugh because it goes back to us. Like, why is this bothering me? Why is whatever it's happening is taking me out of the center of this heart space or the my inner peace. So that's a great question. I love the way you impose that question. If you're in a situation where someone really won't stop complaining about something, it's it's good to ask yourself, why is this bothering me? Now, if, if it's bothering you because 
you're not up for it. You know, maybe you're just not emotionally available to listen to the person talking about it. It's okay to validate your own needs and theirs at the same time. Like you could let the person know in an understanding way that, you know, what you feel about this, this is completely valid. You absolutely deserve to be able to talk about this. I'm just not personally able to do that right now. And that's fine because it it validates your own needs and the other person's needs at the same time. And another reason is if if that's not what the issue is, if the issue is that it's bothering you because, you know, if if you and a friend say went through something together, say you you both went on a trip together and your friend is complaining about how everything went wrong. Part of the problem with that is you could be you could be feeling bad because you might feel like, well, gee, if they had a bad time, then I feel guilty about the fact that I had a good time. Or you might be thinking, well, you know, they didn't say anything before. Maybe you feel guilty about the fact that you didn't realize anything was wrong before. And so it's good to sort of address that and let yourself know that, you know, it's okay if you, first of all, you, you might've made a mistake and missed the fact that something was wrong. And that's, that's okay. Like we all make mistakes like that. And also it's okay for people to have different experiences. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with it. If you loved a trip that your friend hated that, like, it's okay for both of those things to exist at the same time. And so when you realize that it makes it easier to say, okay, that was bad that you had a bad time and it was good that I had a good time and those things can coexist. Wow. Yeah. I love that, Nicole. That really spells wisdom to me. <laughs> it seems like a practice, isn't it? Um, for life, it might be. Yeah. It takes a lot of practice. I mean, you know, before I wrote this book, I used to sometimes do a lot of the invalidating examples. So it's something I've had to teach myself as well. And listening. So I mentioned earlier, briefly, in your book, you talk about listening and the importance of listening. So talk to me about that. And how do we learn to listen better? Um, so I think the, the importance of listening is to make sure that you understand someone's full story and what's going on with them. And a way to listen better is to make sure you you just sort of clear your mind and pay attention to what that person's saying without thinking about how they should respond. You know, even if and even if inside you might be thinking, well, gee, I, I don't understand why that person's upset listening and learning and asking the person questions if there's something that you don't quite understand what was wrong, you know, ask them. So, you know, is, is this what was bothering you and reflect it back to them, like say back to the person, what they said to you so that that way you make sure that you do understand what they were saying. So do you think it's also possible to relax, to rest within and at the same time, be attentive to others and our own feelings at the same time? Oh, yes. And I think it requires a lot of rest. I mean, this like this isn't something that, you know, you can be doing all the time. I mean, for me, like I, I take a lot of time that's alone time and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's something where, you know, when when you're with someone like you can sort of control how much time you're spending with someone and talking about their feelings and stuff. But you also take time for yourself where you're 
you're not doing that. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not something that you would do 24 seven talking to someone about their feelings. <laughs> true. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Unless you're like a therapist or something, then that might be the case. <laughs> so how do we become more aware of the way we communicate with others in a validating way uh, when we are on the internet? Um, I think being a little bit more aware, like if you're typing someone, being more aware of the word choices in the sense that you you can't express your tone as well when you're communicating by text or email or something. So making sure, like reading back and saying, okay, this does communicate what I want to communicate because some things can be more misinterpreted, misinterpreted more easily if you're communicating by typing and stuff and adding hearts, smiley faces, things to let the person know how you feel. So at the end of your book, I love that you have the validation checklist. That's great for those who wanted to go through that, just see the main point. So you have that too, as a summary. And is there anything, I love the um, part four, self-understanding. So that's wonderful. And you have the priority list, quality list. You have different kinds of lists there. I'd like you to talk to me for a moment. I know we're almost at the end about the quality list. Okay, so the quality list is to, it's to help get to know yourself better, to list out qualities that you think describe you. But before you do that, um, imagining, like take a moment to sort of just breathe and imagine that, you know, you're not at an interview. You're not speaking to anyone who you need to impress or stay on good terms with or anything like that. And then list out the qualities that you feel describe you and then go through that list and say, okay, is this a list that I feel like I could share with someone like my boss, like someone I kind of need to be on good terms with and, you know, look good for. And if you feel like it is, then go back and add things that might not be as, you know, desirable in your culture. And it's important to, and this, this isn't about feeling bad about yourself. You know, when I, I tell people, if you think this might make you feel bad about yourself, then don't do the exercise, but it's about, making sure that you remember who you are. And because a lot of times we might have to present ourselves differently. Like if you're at an interview or if you're in a situation where you need to present yourself differently, making sure that deep down inside, you know these things about yourself so that that way you can make the decisions that are really right for you. Like, for example, if you sort of present yourself as, oh, I'm a people person, I really like people, when you're actually more of an introvert and want more time alone, if you keep presenting yourself as an extrovert, you could sort of end up believing that yourself and putting yourself into a position where you don't have enough downtime, you don't have enough alone time. So it's good to make sure you know who you are, even mm -hmm. if you might present differently outside. We are almost at the end. So I have these ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, well, so, well, just thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And, you know, it's, it's been a real pleasure talking to you and, um, I would probably just add that um, so my book, Redefining Positive, is available on Amazon. And my other book, All About You, a personality quiz book, is also on Amazon. And it, you can also buy it at Stillwater River Publications website. And if anyone's interested in validation resources, um, you can look at my website, which is my name, NicoleRaheja.com. And then you can also follow my YouTube channel 
at my name, Nicole Rahaja, and there's also validation resources there as well. Wonderful. I'll have those links too on your podcast profile. How do you define success these days, Nicole? What is to be successful to you? Um, so I think that success can really be anything that you want it to be. I know a lot of times we think of success as being something that has to do with your career or education, but I think success can be about anything. You know, if you want to be a good friend, a good partner, a good parent, and you work on those relationships, that's a form of success. You know, if you see that you helped someone and you've made a difference in their life, then that's success also. And if you overcome an obstacle, like say you're able to do something that you never thought you could do, even if it might be a small thing to other people, that's success as well. So it's really about whatever fulfills you and whatever you personally feel is success, regardless of whether your culture recognizes it. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Um, I think I would stop working on all of the sort of long-term projects that I'm working on and just like spend all of my time with the people I love, with my friends and family. Last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of today? Um, so three things I know for sure. Number one is that everyone's experience of the world is real and valid. You know, if one person says that something was a good experience for them and another person says the same thing was bad for them, um, that doesn't mean that anybody was wrong. You know, both can be true at the same time because everyone's experience of the world is valid. Um, the second thing would be that your self-worth doesn't change even if you're in an environment where other people don't recognize your self-worth. I, I use the example that if you uproot a palm tree from Florida and stick it in the ground in the North Pole, that's the tree's not going to do very well, but that doesn't mean it's a bad tree. It's just in an environment that's not conducive to its growth. And if you find yourself in an environment that's not conducive to your ability to thrive, it's important to recognize that that's just a mismatch with the environment. It doesn't change your self-worth as a person. And the third thing would be that it's important for us to, to the best of our abilities, be the change that we want to see in the world. You know, if we have times in our lives when we were mistreated, we should take the opportunity to, you know, treat other people better than we were treated and help to create the kind of world that we want to live in. Thank you so much again for your beautiful presence, your wisdom, your work, your purpose. Thank you, Nicole. Oh, thank you. Take good care. Bye for now. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Nicole Rahija and her work, please visit NicoleRahija.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>